Did Don Draper really buy the world a Coke? Did Tony Soprano really die or just order more onion rings? The finales of our favorite shows can make us argue, make us cry, and make us crazy. From Spotify and The Ringer, I'm Andy Greenwald, and this is Stick the Landing, a new podcast where we'll be telling the story of modern TV backwards, one fade out at a time. Find Stick the Landing on Wednesdays on the Prestige TV feed, on Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Before we get into today's show, we wanted to share a message in support of The Ringer Union. Nearly everything you listen to, read, and watch from The Ringer is created with union labor. To make this show, we work alongside so many union members, both public-facing and behind the scenes, who work very hard to create content that people love. The Ringer Union's contract expires at the end of February, and we support a fair contract that addresses the union's concerns. For more information and ways you can show support, follow at Ringer Union on Twitter. Let's get started. Um, happy Valentine's Day. Happy Love Day. Happy Love Day. My mom texted me this morning saying Feliz Dia de los Amores, right? Which is Happy Valentine's Day in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And I told her that she was uh, our first love Aww. over text. I know. And I actually thought of that. And I was like, I think that was my first love was my mother. That's beautiful. Did you text your mom? Uh, yeah, she asked me. She was like, uh, can, I want this jacket. Can you give me this jacket? <laughs> Yeah. Shout out to my mom. It's Valentine's Day. Show extra love. Um, Everyone, welcome back to What About Your Friends, a podcast dedicated to the many lives of friendship and how it's portrayed in pop culture. On this week's episode, myself and my co-host, Stephen Othello, will be talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith, specifically the show. The importance of friendship as a foundation to relationships is really what we're going to dive into. But first and foremost, how's your heart today, Stephen? Uh, my heart is, is is in a good a good place, uh, a transparent place uh, with no pressure to be anything but me. And I think that I'm grateful for that. Um, most importantly, especially on Valentine's Day, I feel like I've chosen myself as my Valentine. Hmm. And that's always beautiful and, and dope. So I would say like the color that resonates with me right now is pink. Oh, you took my color. Yeah, we're on pink time. We're not on okay, red which, time. What shade time. of pink? Because I'm going to still say pink. Uh, like regular powder pink. You know what I'm saying? Regular. <laughs> okay, never mind. You feel me? Uh, I was going to say. Um, uh, yes, I'm also feeling pink. I think I'm just like, the, yeah, kind of like that, the OG pink shade. But my heart feels full, maybe because it is Valentine's Day and I'm all about love, as you know that. But I'm also like really excited to talk about this show. And I will admit when our producer Sasha brought up the idea of us Mm. talking about this show, I, before, I guess watching like two episodes in, I was just like, where's the friendship in all this? And then as you keep watching and also think about love in general, love, in my opinion, is a form of friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, But let me take a step back. So what we're going to talk about is the TV series adaptation of the film of the same name. And it stars Donald Glover as John and Maya Erskine as Jane. And similar as the film, they're two spies or secret agents working together as a married couple for this suspicious organization. And in the midst of it, I guess this is the right time to say that there will be spoilers, many, many spoilers. Uh, They fall in love. What was your overall, like thought 
or thoughts on them on the show? So many. Um, you know, I haven't watched the original film in years. Um, so even before I started this, it almost felt fresh, like a fresh concept, because that one felt so old to me. I'm a I'm a Childish Gambino, Donald Glover stan. So this wasn't a hard like sell for me to watch. It was great. It was like really good. You know what I'm saying? Like I really enjoyed every single episode. I thought it was funny. Um, and there was a lot of crazy shit going on in the midst of it, but I still thought there was something cute about the show. I really appreciated the friendship. It was crazy. It was like they were forced to be in a in a in a marriage, but they had to choose to be friends. Mm, that's, that's how I received good, the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say you, I believe, are the person that introduced me to Donald Glover yep. through the song, What Kind of Love, which is a really sweet and sad song at the same time. But yeah, I, I agree with that perspective, which I did not think of. My biggest takeaway is from the show is how important friendship is in a relationship and how a relationship is a form of friendship. It's pretty much a romantic friendship. And I think we don't consider how much friendship is the foundation of all these friendships that we have or all these types of relationships that we have in our lives. And something that I also took away that you and I talk about a lot offline is it showed two people growing into love and the highs and lows that come with that. But yeah, let's let's talk about some themes that we saw in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I guess I'll start. One is, you know, that concept of my person, which we grab from Grey's Anatomy, but they become from the very beginning each other's person. Yes. Because contractually. Contractually. Uh, because since they're spies, they need to abandon their past lives, except right, right. one of them doesn't. And pretty much all they have is each other. And the fact that one does and one doesn't abandon their past lives, specifically communication with their parents, is like one issue that keeps reappearing because they have also these different relationships with their parents, which is probably another topic. Right. Um, both their parents that are living and the parents that they've lost one, they become kind of suspicious of each other as to like why one abandoned their life, one didn't, and their relationship with their parents. But yes, like I think the theme of like someone becoming your person, and in this case, because of what they do, all they who the only person they could have is one another. And I also think it's like um, they really didn't get a chance to choose to be each other's person. You know, usually we make a decision like, oh, this is my person, right? But they think they couldn't choose each other. They literally got placed together in the house and said for the next few months, years, days, whatever, that y'all got to get to know each other so y'all can be better partners. And when they say partners, they didn't mean in like a relationship sense, they meant more so in a work sense, right? Like in a spy sense. And and so, you know, they was doing whatever it uh, took, even like in the interview phase, right? I feel like Jane, she said yes and meant it. And I think John didn't mean it. He was like, I'll do that, but I'm going to secretly try to figure out how to get my family closer. That's why, you know, he made sure that his mom was still, you know, in his life in the midst of it, which was already breaking the rules of, you know, the high high and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I think that in real life and what we see online, our relationships that we have with our parents is always this issue or this thing to talk about or discuss. And I feel like, again, since they really didn't have a choice, they went into it with whatever feelings they came with. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you could tell John was not about to leave his mom behind the minute that he was just like, wait, even my mom? Like, right. asking back when he was asked these questions if he would abandon his his life. But for me, it's like, you know, this is kind of like real life. It's like, what are the sacrifices that you make in order to focus on your career? Obviously, this was like an extreme version of it, being a spy. But ultimately, it's like these are the decisions that we make as entrepreneurs or creatives or you know, just in business in general, it's like, yo, how do, how do I, how do I do, how do I do life in harmony? You know, like yeah. a, a new word for my, for me is not necessarily balance because balance is not realistic to me. It's like figuring out some sort of harmony amongst all the things that you do. That's what they was working on throughout the, the, the series was them trying to be in sync and be in harmony. And it was hard because they came from so many different backgrounds, right? Like he was completely different from her, from her in every aspect, right? Even down to her being super secretive and him being just kind of nosy and like open. Like anytime she like asked some questions, he was open about it. She was like, why? Like, why are you asking me? You know what why I'm saying? Why or she lied also, which right, was lie, interesting. You know, yeah. self, you know, like, I don't know the stranger self-preservation at its finest, right? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was interesting right off that, you know? The line was funny because usually when Jane would lie, it was almost to get a reaction, whether then or later, almost like as a little bit of a test where like, let's see how he reacts because they both have this like weird relationship with jealousy where one likes when the other person gets jealous and the other does not like the feeling. So Jane likes seeing John get jealous. John looks like he doesn't like feeling jealous and he also doesn't want to be jealous, which is interesting because I think that there's always this conversation whether jealousy is healthy in a relationship, romantic relationships, friendships. People be saying jealousy is healthy? Yeah. To they some say degree. jealousy is healthy? Who, yes, they say to that? some degree, people say that you that it, uh, some jealousy is okay. What? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know those people. You got to put me on to these people. I don't know if you want to be put onto these people. Yeah, keep that away um, from me. But, what? Um, but I think that, but I think maybe Jane is an example of that where she, she likes jealousy. She even admits that she like, likes seeing John jealous, that it like, it's almost like it's attractive to her. So I think that that's, that's interesting where like, he clearly does not like it, does not like feeling it and does not want to impose that on Jane. Right. So that that means it doesn't work. Right. Because it's like that's that's the reason why, you know, in the end, they they, they opened up on their truths. Right. Yes. Because like, I don't know if he would have he would have said he didn't like that in the moment. Right. He would have probably machismo his way through it versus it yeah, being like, you know, open and being like, nah, that really hurt my feelings that you said that, especially when it was a lie. Right. It wasn't even no truth to it. You know, to me, that's like the intent is wrong in the in the relationship. There's so much ego. Yeah. There's so there's so much ego uh, that kind of lies actually in the like roles of what a woman should do or a man should do in a relationship. Like you know, one protects or one takes lead or one is more submissive, and I think that that's also interesting because they both play with those roles that society tells us we have to play. I think Jane is more stronger trying to uphold those roles than John is. But what did you think of that type of like dynamic? Well, I, I went based off of what his mom said, you know, when when Jane finally sat down with his mother and she kind of like gave him, she gave her game on who he is, 
before you knew him, right? That was like the first time she learned his real name. There were two people, right? She didn't know, she didn't know Michael. She knew John. And then there was some times where like Michael seeped through, where you seen yeah. his his insecurities or you seen that, you know, essentially he just wanted to feel stable. You know, that's why he, you know, went and bought a crib, right? Because he wanted some sort of stability <laughs> yes. that was his in the midst of it. Cause he knew that, you know, a lot of this stuff was all spy shit. So yeah. it was like, let me, let me get this for us. Cause he was thinking about the future. He, he wanted to have babies. He wanted a future. He wanted stability. He wanted tradition. Yeah. And he's seen that in, in his, in his, in his uh, work, honey, you know? <laughs> yes. That later is, it's introduced in the latter end of the, right. the series. But yeah, I, I guess something that you said makes me think of like how much, right. Can a relationship be built when you're not being your truer whole self. And I think that like, it's not necessary for you to be your whole self the first day you meet someone because you do have reservations. You do want like, no, you still are feeling someone out. Like, I want to walk into the, the to, to any date, meeting, whatever, and be my whole self from the jump. I think the reason why I've had certain, you know, hardships or challenges, excuse me, challenges and, um, in, in relationships is because I wasn't walking into the building 100% me. I was giving like half of me or giving my, putting my best foot forward versus just putting all of me forward. You know what I'm saying? And I think that is genuinely why it was a little harder for me in relationships. Cause I didn't think I could be all of me. Yeah. Like if they know the truth about me or they know the truth of what I'm going through, then they might not like me. But in reality, if I just come to the door transparent, I'm giving you the opportunity to be in or out versus it's just being, you know, in because it, it looks sexy. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think a lot of people tend to hold back their whole self based off of what the other person may think of that whole self. Right. Of like judgment. And also just like going back, being with yourself and rethinking everything you said or did. But mostly I think it's, we kind of like make ourselves smaller as a hold back because we're scared of what this other may think or other person may think or do. Um, in the case of like Jane and John, I feel like they did have to hold back some in the very beginning. They went from strangers to friends, just friends, and that lasted a very, very short time to a relationship because they were they were in a relationship they both walked in. But as far as like phases that they went through, it was strangers, friends, and romantic partners. So I do think that they were, and I think even throughout, they still were clearly holding things back in order for it to not affect the work and then also not affect the other person. You know, you see it like in couples therapy when they go to couples therapy and they're both trying to say what's happened uh, without saying exactly what's happened and what they feel of the other comes out. That still stays true. But it just it makes me think about how much how much can you really build a relationship with someone if you're not being your whole self? Because yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think it's possible, to be honest. I really think that ultimately that beautiful glass that you, you've you uh, showed will crack eventually and then you'll right. see it was inside. It's like, you gotta, I really believe that you have to put your true self forward. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. versus like, I, I think about it like this, right? Like, you know, like you, you imagine like dating someone and then you like, yo, you snore? And she like, no. And you're like, all right, cool. And then y'all finally spend the night together and then she go crazy with the snore. <laughs> What's funny is I saw a, a meme yesterday of someone being like, uh, I will never admit that I snore. Like right. even, 
even if we know that we snore, we will never admit that we snore. I'm very happy for my partner to figure it on their own. And then I will let them know that I will forever deny that, even though I know it's true. I think it's more so just like what you choose to hold back, like what Jane and John do decide to hold back. And like when they act on how they feel about it, they still don't share why they feel the way they feel till the very end. So Jane being jealous of John talking to his mom, right? At first she was protective and scared that he's still talking to his mom and talking to his mom consistently, but in reality it was also jealousy. And then, you know, there's certain things that they both act on, but they don't share the feelings behind it till later on, whether in therapy or at, you know, kind of the final the final scenes of the show. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think it was is, is what the foundation of the relationship was built on. You know, I wouldn't say that was like a healthy relationship, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? I think like it was built on, like you you skipped it. You said they went from strangers to, to friends. I think they went from strangers to associates. Like, all right, you know, like trying to understand this person or get to know for work's sake. They didn't become friends to me to a, to like the end of the show. You know what I'm saying? They would instantly jumped into romance, right? Yeah. Like literally she was trying to create boundaries. Like, yo, I'm not having right, sex. Right. Yeah. You know, and obviously, you know, one thing led to another and then an- another and then another, right? But ultimately, like they became, they've seen, they've seen each other. They seen, like, I think her name was Alana, right? Her real name is Alana, yeah. Alana and Michael were together at the end. Mm. It wasn't about Jane and John anymore. And I think, you know, the the show opens up with the other Jane and John. And I think it was that, like she said, I'm tired of running, which is like, I'm tired of running for who I really am. You know what I'm saying? This is me. I'm tired of running. I want to, I want to face whatever I've been holding back from. So I think that, I think that's the, the show is like, yo, when you had all these different roadblocks in your way, right? Like work or traditions that you, you you're supposed to carry based off you know yeah what you've learned insecurities or you know truths that feel too too real yeah how do you yeah. like stand in front of it and and be all of it yeah and when you want somebody that to, to love you even if you had all these things that you consider challenge when yeah, you I mean, want but, that but you could tell that that was the fear right especially with jane at the end you could tell that her, her sociopathic tendencies which she admits to at the end it are is the reason pretty much why she's been fearful of showing john more of her right. is the fear of judgment the fear that she'll still want to be with her still want kids with her so it's it's the real you know it's a real you that you're scared to show because you scared you're scared this person will walk away or what they will do with that information but of course that's also something that you need to know in order to be with someone, right. even friend or lover is, are you, are you going to love my whole self? Like the, you know, good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Like whether you know now or later, like you still have to face it eventually, right? How, how, how much, you know, can you keep things a secret, especially when you start to live with somebody, move in, you know, like instantly on the episode, I think one, you know, she left dishes in the, in the sink mm-hmm. for, for, yeah. for John. That was like, a, you know, he was like, oh, that's not my style. <laughs> He yeah. washed the dishes, but what he did right from the beginning, he started communicating. I like to clean. I like to clean and cook at the same time. He was already, he, to me, he was trying to communicate, you know, he, from the jump, he was yeah. trying his best to communicate. 
you yeah. know. I do think it's because he was more open to whatever it can evolve to. Yeah, because he, so he had romantic. one foot in, but because he, he always had one foot in, one foot out. He literally had one foot in and one foot out when he when initially, because yeah. when he did the interview, he was he started, Michael and John. Yeah, he started lying time. off the rip, right? Yeah. Like he was. A, he set the <laughs> yeah. tone by like saying what he would, you know. Oh yeah, I do this, I do that, and and then started, you know. Yeah, I mean, one was afraid of what could happen and the judgment, and the other one was more open to it. I think was the difference, yeah. but. Also, like how much time and also work actually plays a role in building a relationship of whatever kind. Because it was just them two in this house. And if they did leave, it was just them two in another house or another hotel or anything like that. So, and it was back to back from what it seems like that it was like mission, next mission, next mission. And I know I, I talked about this in another podcast when it came to like reality shows is that you're in these little like pods in these little worlds with these people or with this other person. And that speeds up the process of getting to know someone, loving them. And I think I, I thought of that when I was watching this show too, is just like how much the time that they spent together because they had to kind of sped up the, the process or escalated their relationship. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's well, that's like I like to consider the COVID relationships, right? You know, when you oh, kind of... the pandemic? The yeah, pandemic, excuse me, right? the, the, the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, the pandemic relationships, like when you were um, kind of like, all right, this is going to be my pandemic hu hubby, you know, like we in this together type shit. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got a lot of friends that had babies during during the pandemic like or, you know... Quarantine, yeah. Yeah, during quarantine or like ended up living you know, together and just stayed together or went on a trip and never came back. Or, you know, once the, once everything opened back up, they got the hell out of there. You kind of see like in that moment, like, can I do this? Right. Like I, I spent the, the, the pandemic, you know, in solitude, I was doing my own thing. So I, I learned a lot about myself in the midst of, of it. It was like the first time I was forced to sit down without feeling guilty about it. And so I got the opportunity to kind of learn me. Yeah. So then when I, when I stepped back out of quarantine, I was I was I was willing to learn someone else. I was open. Yeah. I was excited for it. I'm very jealous because it was the opposite. I quarantined. I, I most of my quarantine, I spent it with uh, a guy, or I spent it with my younger brother because we live in the same building. But I think after that ended was when I started learning more about myself because of the fact of how much time I did spend with this person because I only had these two people to spend my time with. So mm -hmm. I did, it did force me to learn a lot about this person and what it brought out of me to when it ended, it was freedom. And thankfully it was at the right time because that's when we can, quarantine was, was over and you could go out and do things. But they got out of their bubble when they decided to take a break, whatever that consisted of because they still had to be together. But that was when John was uh, talking to someone else for a job that he was doing. And you did see kind of like this other side of this relationship based off of jealousy and also what seemed like John being with someone that allowed him to just be him. Just be, period. Yeah. Not have to be him, not to have to be anything, but just, just to be, yeah. you know. Because even when you say be him, it's like masculine, right? It's like, I got to take care. It's like, no, just be, period, right? Oh, yeah, just for be. sure. Yeah. And I think I think that was dope. I also, I, I like the, um, 
when you know I think it was episode four when uh it was the John John one and two and Jane one and two you oh, know yes. like that they whole met. connection yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they met other other couples, right? That was the first time they was around other couples Yeah, to see, you know, from experience, how was it? I love that episode because it gave them an opportunity to connect with someone else. It was like finding your, your you know, uh, your favorite couple in the neighborhood. You just a new couple. Y'all moved on the block and it's like, oh, they're cool. You know, like, <laughs> let's link for this double date. And that's what yeah. the energy was. And I thought that was, I think that was dope. I was going to say, um... Uh, Michaela Cole is the one that plays uh, this other woman. No, yeah. Oh, you're talking about uh, the, the the other spy from the other company? Yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah. I guess is, I mean, she's not a Jane, right? Because it, no, no, I no, think no, that's no. only Jane and John when they're together. But yeah, yeah. this other spy that John is trying to blur somehow. Mm-hmm. But, but he enjoyed himself. Yes. But yeah, the other couple, uh, the other John and Jane are interesting. Because they're almost like a hyped up version of who they are. And it also brought out when they were together, they also brought out, I guess, specifically Jane, how much she wants to be liked. Or as as John says later, you mirror the people that are mm-hmm. around you, except she doesn't do it with him. But she did very much do that with like the other Mr. and Mrs. Smith that they that they saw, which was interesting. Because that's also, that's a great also way to see other parts of your friend or your partner is when you're around other people. Right. Specifically one of the other's friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you saw when they were paired up together. Right, right. Exactly, exactly. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly when it comes to style and luxury ebay gets it they're making sure the things you love are checked by experts not just any experts specialized experts real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience so when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee shop with confidence every inch stitch sole and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Um, We've seen online is this idea, right, that one person can't be everything to you. And we see that theme also in Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Mm. where they're somewhat forced to be each other's everything, but like they don't want to be, right? Because John goes to his mom and he also, because of missions, is also talking to other people. I think Mm. Jane does too. She's more secretive about it. But I think that that's also something that I found interesting is like to put action behind that truth that one person can't be your everything. In this case, it brings up jealousy and one likes feeling the jealousy like we talked about and one the other doesn't. So I think that's also interesting because they're forced to to be like this, even though it's not what they want. That also means that you then need to talk to your partner about these other friendships that are in your life and Mm -hmm. other relationships that are in your life that help you grow. And I think that's also a conversation. But yeah. But I think it's like setting the tone off the off. in the right in the beginning of the, mm-hmm. 
you know, I, I say that, you know, in experience, I know like, you know, I have a best friend. She's a woman, right? Not everybody is cool with that based off their experiences. So if I just, what if I just acted like I didn't have no best friend as a woman? Like, oh, no, right, no, nah, right. you crazy. You my, my only one girl. Like, you're my only one. <laughs> and then yeah. like, she, now it's like, you're literally, it's almost like I'm emotionally cheating at that mm-hmm. moment. Of course. And that yeah. turns, so it's like, let me set a tone that I can, I can stand on, which is, yeah, I got best friends that, that a woman. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's introducing, again, coming in as your whole self, right? You're yeah. introducing to this person right. all the important people in your life. And in this case, one of your best friends is of the opposite sex. And that comes with who you are as well. But yeah, I mean, we've we've had conversations like this. And we all, we've also had conversations of this sort with people that we are dating. But yeah, it also makes me think of how how important it was for my partner to meet you because of how the role that you play in my life. Right. Hella important. Just like <laughs> it was important for, cause I, I consider like Mike, well, I keep calling him Michael, but I consider John. Yeah. His mom was his best, is his best mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. So like she was able to learn, you know, um, Jane was able to learn a lot more about Michael versus John. You know what I'm saying? In that moment. And that was fire, you know, and it was only like, how long did it take? 10 minutes? The <laughs> like, conversation between yeah. Jane and, and John's mother. Yeah, right. it was. It changed the whole, and this is in the in the midst of them warring, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, they were beefing physically and emotionally. Yeah. And in comes in this like gentle woman that's John's mother, or in this case, Michael's mother, and tells Jane about not only him, but kind of about herself also. Which was also interesting because it seems like she has a hard time uh, listening to what John or even the therapists or other people say about her. But I feel like that was almost the first time that she kind of sat with it when someone told her about herself was when it was Michael's mom mm. that told her about herself. But she led with love, right? Because it's like, what did what did she, you say about me? He was like, oh, nothing. She was like, oh, nothing but good things. Right. That disarmed like the energy. Right. Because it's like he she in her mind, she was expecting him to be like a jerk. Right. And yeah, because they beefing. Right. But no, all, all he did was talk about how much he he loved her and shit. So because, right. you know, like the, the mom don't know they spies. That's really his wifey. That's all she yeah. knows. I think <laughs> yeah. that's what people don't realize is like she didn't know nothing about none of that. She all she thinks is like, well, they really got married. They yeah. software engineers like. But I do think that Jane was expecting what John did when he was with uh, the spy that Michaela Cole plays, right? Is that, like, John told her mostly all the bad, which seemed like it was a tactic. But that's what I think was Jane was expecting. It was just like, oh, here we go. Like, what bad things, because I'm a horrible person, uh, did John say? And I guess it was a reminder that it's not that might not really be John, right? Maybe John is that ver- that version and Michael isn't. But I don't know. How did you feel about one of the final episodes, which is when they're on Truth Serum? I think that was the most beautiful scene <laughs> of the, you know, it's unfortunate that they had to, they need a truth serum to be vulnerable with each other, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Kind of got to be on truth serum as soon as you meet somebody. Yeah. You know, right off the rip, you got to just keep it, keep it 100 because it's like you're setting, you're setting the right tone. Like imagine if they would have just been on True Sermon from the jump. 
Yeah. No, no, no. I agree. But I also do think that there was only so much they could share about each other because supposedly there's danger, right, that comes with really exposing yourself. You know, like, I think that James' first reaction when she found out that John was talking to his mom consistently was just like, you're putting her in danger. And I feel like there is this, I'm assuming, what comes with the job is that you can't share all of yourself to this person. I know that as far as, like, because of what it could bring, but I feel like in this case, the only way they could be with each other at any capacity is for them to be their whole selves. But they're both also going back and forth from Jane to Alana and John to Michael. But see, I think the opposite. I think that the job was easy. They damn near aced every single test, right? Like they... They failed a few. Yeah, they failed a few. But really, <laughs> to me, I think like even that was like, um, you know, sometimes you got to fail to learn. And I think a lot of some of those tests were meant to be failed. If That's why I was taking certain things. I think yeah. the hard part was them being themselves. I think mm. that was the hardest part of everything that they went through together and experienced. The, 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 the bullets and guns and, and, and the spying stuff was easy. for. They actually was having a good time in the midst of all of it. They, they laughed a yes. lot in the midst of that. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. them trying to be themselves next to, next to someone else was hard. I mean, it, it, it does that scene where they tell the truth to one another when they're vulnerable does show like how much closer one gets when you are your whole self. If this other person is accepting of it. And I think I really appreciated that. Is there other I know we we mentioned this offline, but was there other things that you wanted to talk about that like stood out to you? Uh, I would say like the, the, the conversation amongst like them. Mike, uh, a.k.a. John, wanting to have uh, a baby. Mm. Because for him, that felt like stability. That felt like tradition. And he was traditional. Yes. yes. And that was his first time, I think, like in reality, really being vulnerable. Like, yo, you, you pregnant? You pregnant? Sure, you're not pregnant? Like, he was excited. Quite he was kept. excited at the thought of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for her, it just didn't make no damn sense, right? Because, mm -hmm. like, she's on work time and he again he had one foot in and one foot out this whole time so he's thinking about a real future for him you know like I'll make enough money so when we could just be good like when there might not be no end game for this you know what I'm saying there might not be no alright and then we ride off to the sunset this is the life you know right but, and I think they started understanding that even more when they got around John number one and, John, and Jane number two you know what I'm saying it was like oh this is what it looked like to be an experience uh uh, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith. And I think one liked it more than the other, right? Jane liked it more than John. Seeing that in front of them, I mean, the conversation of one have, wanting a baby, one have, or I guess the conversation of having a baby comes back up later in the show, but it also goes back to the idea that I think Jane wanted to feel as if like all parts of her will be loved in order to kind of like explore that life with him, but also like work was most of the show was like her one and only, right? Like it was, she's down to do this if it's for work pretty much. And I guess something that we didn't talk about is like the moments where the organization kind of favored Jane over John. And that was like a source of insecurity for John of him not being quote unquote like man enough because it was tied somehow to not being quote unquote good enough 
because she was the one that was being told to take lead or kind of like clean up his messes. Um, so they're like fed into this weird imbalance of who is the lead and right. who is expected to be. But I don't know what you thought of like that when when Jane would kind of step in and take the lead, whether John liked it or not. Yeah, no, you 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 seen that his uh, insecurity started to peek through. And that again, that's that's his shit. That ain't got nothing to do. <laughs> that ain't got nothing to do with Jane. You know what I'm saying? Like she literally just doing what she gotta do. She wasn't even trying to hate and say that he was, you know, a terrible partner. She was kind of initially just like, oh no, we're good. We're working through it. But you know, they see everything. So they can kind of tell that there was some chinks in his armor, you know what I'm saying? As far as being uh, an agent or a spy, you know? That that makes me think of the scene where Sean is playing cards, I think, right? Mm-hmm. With like these other two men. And they start talking about uh, women that they've dated. And Jane gets really offended because they start mentioning like Latina women or Asian women. It makes me think of like when he's with Michaela's character. And he's kind of talking in a negative way about Jane. But he then says that it was more so as a part of the job or a tactic. And I feel like for Jane, it's kind of like how much truth is in what you're saying in these scenarios. Mad truth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like that's mad truth, you know? Yeah. And I guess that's where Jane finds out more about how he feels, right? It's through couples therapy and through the moments where she's not supposed to be listening in or taking too seriously. Um, that's when kind of John shares how he feels. And then also when I guess John kind of stands up for himself in the in the forest or something. Mm-hmm. He finally just kind of shares how he feels emasculated. Um and it's funny how Jane kind of like perceives that as like, oh you don't you don't love me, right? He she asks him who his emergency contact is and he says it's his mom. And she's like, you're mine. And it's funny how that she equates all these negative things to the fact that he doesn't love her, where it's really just him being like, this is what I don't like about our relationship. Not that I don't like you, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, no, the show is show uh, really good. It was like a great show. I'm so glad I watched it. Same. Um, I won't ruin the ending, but I definitely did cry at the end. Did you? <laughs> I knew you were going to judge me for that. Nah. <laughs> it's okay. You could judge me. Uh, yes, I cried. But that being said, um, I appreciate you spending Valentine's Day with me, Stephen, and for talking about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. If anyone has any thoughts or feels about the show, email us at whataboutyourfriendspod at gmail.com. We'll talk to you next week. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Oh. So I want to give a special shout out to a, a movie I seen on Sunday. It's called, uh, <laughs> I got to put the people on. Okay. It's called Chico and Rita. It's on YouTube. Oh, it's the one that you wanted me to watch it. I haven't watched. So, yes. like, you talked about crying to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I cried like a baby to Chico and Rita. It is one of the most beautifulest films in life, right? It's an animated story about um, a jazz mus- a musician and a, and, a, and a jazz singer from Cuba. It's so good. And I think that everyone should watch it. Trust me. It's amazing. Oh, I didn't know that you cried to it. I yes. said it. I texted you and said I cried. No, you knew it. I knew I cried. Oh, I didn't know if you were being serious or not, was, but that doesn't I matter. Was, I, I don't I don't play on my my tears. <laughs> These are real tears. When we cry, we cry. Facts. Okay. Um, on that note, thank you everyone. Thank you, Steven. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.